let the party begin here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch a college basketball game. I would argue you can't find a better one. Three on the way. Bullseye! I feel the electricity in the house. The passion. It's a wall of sound. So here it back. It is four with three. They got a wall of vacuum. Planted for three. This is the Boiler Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman. Episode 96 here on the podcast as we near 100. I have mm. absolutely no idea what we're going to do for 100. I was about to ask, do we have any special plans for number 100? We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. In the meantime, we continue our little series here with our current seniors on this uh, 2023-24 team. And today we welcome in Ethan Morton here on the podcast. So, Ethan, thank you for taking time to join us. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, most guys that we have on here, I like most guys I know obviously where they're from, you know, their hometowns and stuff, but some guys, you know, are born in different cities, moved to the city they grew up in, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I have a feeling, uh, and I don't, I guess I technically don't know this, but you're a Pittsburgh guy through and through. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> so for me, I was born right downtown. Um, I think it was McGee Women's Hospital. I think that's what my mom told me. Is it still there? Yeah, I th- I want to say it's still there. Um, and then from there, I know my parents just kind of bounced around apartments around the city because my mom, my mom still works downtown, Shadyside, UPMC. She's a nurse. Um, so we lived, and then we lived, got a house, probably 15 minutes from downtown. When I was two or three, lived there till I was six or seven. And then, um, you know, we had other family and grandparents that lived in Butler which is about 45 minutes from downtown. So then we moved there, and we've been there ever since. Um, but, yeah, through and through, um, you know, I love the city, even though I technically never lived down there. just love the, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's your town, man. Yeah, sports and all that. So, Well, and it's cool because um, guys that pull for their hometown teams, I have a lot more respect for than the bandwagoners, <laughs> than the bandwagoners uh, yeah. who jump around. So. Every time, even though I might not uh, be very fond of the Steelers, um, I do respect. I do respect them, and I do respect your uh, your uh, your fandom for all the, all your teams and the yeah. Pirates and 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 down the down the line. Yeah. So let me ask you this: uh, Growing up, and, and and knowing your dad as mm-hmm. well as I do, there was absolutely no option to <laughs> who you were going to cheer no, you for. Were, no, you were locked in from the start. <laughs> so, yeah, as soon as we were born. Which one? Which team do you think of the Pittsburgh teams, the Pirates, Steelers, Penguins, I guess, mm-hmm. What you know? which team took precedent or what was at the top? Who was at the top? Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely the Steelers, I think, just because when I was – at that point when I was growing up, that's when they were really good, so – 2001 to 2007, eight when I you know started paying more attention to sports, I guess, you know the Steelers obviously had just won a Super Bowl. That's the first. That's like one of my first memories. I was I'll never forget. I was at my grandma's house, and I don't remember the game, but I remember after the game we were singing the "Here We Go Steelers" song <laughs> in the kitchen <laughs> right, after awesome. they, right after they beat the Seahawks. So that was awesome. 
And then I remember when they won against the Cardinals, sitting on the couch, and, you know, we drove the dicks as soon as the game was over to get the shirts. And I was so <laughs> jealous because my grandma, my grandma and grandpa were at the Super Bowl. Wow. And I was like, there you oh, go. my God. Uh, you know what is crazy? The statement you made, you said, that's when they were really good when I was growing up. I, too, can make the same statement <laughs> because I was born in 1970. Right. And, of course, the Steelers won four Super Bowls mm. in the 70s. So you and I have that in yeah. common. We are not close in age, but <laughs> in our in influential years as, as young right. guys watching professional football, yeah, the Steelers in the 70s were really good, oh, too, man. then, man. Really Unbelievable. good. Unbelievable. That's why some people don't like them. They've been good for some <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> How about co- collegiately in uh, Pittsburgh? Like, who did you grow yeah. up rooting for? Yeah, so that's what I, that's what I was about to say. Because otherwise, you know, the Pirates were they haven't been good, you know, and the Penguins were sort of in flux because that was right when they got Crosby, so they were kind of financially sh- strapped and but whatever. So, but Pitt was what I was going to say. Um, during that time, they were they were awesome. Obviously, you know, Jamie Dixon had those guys rolling. Two thousand nine, yeah. that was the the half court shot. They should have went to the Final Four with, like, DeWan Blair and those guys. And yep. so, especially, you know, because DeWan was from, you know, downtown Pittsburgh. Um, and they just really embodied, I think, what the city stands for. You know, they just played super hard, you know, grinded games out. And they were, they were fun to watch. Um, so that that's honestly, like, my first love of basketball came from watching them um, when I was that young. And, you know, it was awesome to go and see them. Basketball, your first sport growing up, or did you play football at all? Did you play any other sports? Yeah, so I, I'd say I probably started with basketball, but baseball was baseball was right there. Uh, I loved baseball so much. Um, pitcher? You know, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. a pitcher, um, and I only played till eighth grade, so I never got into I never got into throwing anything crazy. My dad wouldn't let me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I did throw a knuckleball, which I oh man, that was my. That was, your pitch? That, was, that was my bread and butter, knuckleballer and a two-seamer, and um, that was a lot of fun playing. I played football for a few years. I just didn't like getting hit, so, <laughs> yeah. so it didn't last long for me. Good move. Um, so then at what point, uh, as you are playing baseball, basketball, mm. at what point did you start to notice that – I love this question because it always comes different times for different kids, but yeah. at what point did you start noticing, mm, I'm – I'm a little bit better than some of my other guys I'm hanging around with. Yeah. Um, it was weird because, you know, me and my dad and and that same, right, I guess my high school coach because he was always pretty involved. Um, you know, they were always a little skeptical because I was always bigger as a younger kid. So obviously, like, I was just always a little bit better because I had a little bit more physicality to me. Yeah. Yeah, that so, sixth grade guy that had hairy legs that yeah. never, never made varsity in high school. Yeah, the, the dude that had a mustache in like fifth grade, you know. So that's, that's seriously, me, me and my dad were just talking about it the other day because I'd I would always play up because I was a little because I'm a little bit older for my grade. So I'd always play up, and then when I started playing with my own grade, the parents and other teams are like, oh, "What's wrong with this kid? Like, why is he? Why was he playing? Yeah. Why is he playing down like this and that?" But but to answer your question, I. I remember vividly eighth grade summer I was playing baseball and that was during AAU so that was always a conflict you know once I got to sixth seventh grade and um I was just sitting at the house my mom always tells a story I was just like 
praying for a rain out so I could go to so I could go to AAU practice or go to the tournament or whatever. Yeah. So that whole season, I was like every day, I'm like, oh, please rain out the game, please rain out practice, so I can go wow. play basketball, and whatever. Okay. And so that's that that's that's when I knew. Um, and then obviously you start you start putting more time into it and whatnot. Um, but 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 that's when I knew that that I was gonna go with basketball. So hey, did you have a pro basketball team as a kid? You cheered for? Uh, I'd say. Me, you know, our, my dad took us to watch the Cavs a few times just because that's only a couple hours. So I think that sparked my. I'm, I'm a huge LeBron fan, so I think getting to watch him when he was young um, was pretty cool for me. Yeah, that's cool. So I've more so followed him instead of having a team. I wish I had a team. Pittsburgh's just not a good city for basketball. I don't think they would support it. So, what's the uh, what when LeBron decides to hang it up? Where are you going then? Man, I don't know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> It's a question I haven't thought about a lot, actually. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good players in the league that that I enjoy watching. None, none like him, though. Uh, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to think about that once he's done. Hopefully, he's got a few years left. Oh, I have a vivid memory, and I wasn't a Dr. J fan per se, but I have a vivid memory as a kid. The day Dr. J retired, they did this big montage on CBS, and I sat there and cried like a baby <laughs> watching that. I don't know how you know how old I was, but <laughs> well, the good news, Morty, is uh, the NBA All Star Game not that long ago, uh, as we're taping this broadcast. Uh, he did say at the press conference that you know he still has a few years oh, left yeah. in him. So yeah, he's not bad for a guy who's had twenty All Star games. Oh my god, uh, uh, insane! That's that's one of the craziest stats to ever exist. I think it's just unbelievable. Totally agree. He is a absolute miracle, physical years. miracle. Yeah. That, that's that is amazing well and a cool guy that you, you were able to see when he was so young for sure um so you get a little bit older uh you get to uh high school what was your high school career like did you play as a freshman how good were you that kind of thing yeah um well it sounds like he was 17 years old as a freshman. <laughs> yeah. Freshman. So, yeah. 20 year old 20 year old freshman with the, the fake birth certificate um <laughs> Yeah, we learned it in AAU. No, I'm joking. Um, but no, so uh, so high school was unbelievable. Um, you know, some of my best, best memories. And what made it great is, you know, I'm sure we'll get into my high school coach more. We've talked about it a lot. You know, Coach yeah. Paint, love talking to him, obviously. You know, he played for the Cubs and, and whatnot. Um, and Matt Clement, pitching yeah. for the Cubs. Yeah, so yeah. Un- unbelievable. And all four years he was your high school yeah, coach? So yeah, so he, unbelievable, and I'll I could tell the story about how he got into baseball because I don't know if I've ever told you guys it. It's kind of tell it, tell okay. it. This so, is a podcast. So, so this we is, have all kinds of time. Great, because you know me, I love to talk. So we could <laughs> want this in for three hours. Um, so Coach Clement, he's been the coach. I want to say since I was probably in second or third grade. Because as soon as I, you know, as soon as he took the job, you know, he took an interest in in me and my dad, and he was always involved. And he had a son that was grade younger than me so we always played together right so but for him crazy and it this speaks to why he still coaches basketball so when he was in high school pretty good basketball player like I think he could have played low division one had some offers um but he also played baseball so really good athlete um so he gets to baseball season his senior year and they're playing uh, what's his name I forget the name but they're playing somebody else and there's some scouts that watch this dude on the other team and he's not even one of their main pitchers. And he had made a couple throws from third base. I'm pretty sure this is how the story goes. Something along the lines of he had made some throws from third base, hard throws. And I think they clocked him after the game, and he was, like, throwing some serious heat. 
So then he pitched a little bit more throughout the season, whatever. And then all of a sudden he just started getting like all these offers, like just out of, you know, <laughs> off, off the one, yeah, you know, whatever. And he, we're talking like, he's told me before, like, you know, there are some schools that offer me like full scholarship that said like, this is something we'd never do like this. Not like it was that serious. And obviously it was real. Cause then a couple months later he gets drafted in the third round of wow. the draft after wow. like not even, Jeez. he yeah. had no thought he was, he was, he wanted to go play basketball. He had, you know, so it was just crazy. Wow. So then he did one semester at a D3, Grove City, um, which is actually where Stein went to college. Um, huh. It's like 20 minutes from my okay. house. Um, so he did one semester there, and then I think it was the – he started with the Padres, 97, 98, whatever that was. So so he's with the Padres for a couple years, and then Marlins when they were good, 99 to yeah. 01. And then Cubs 0-1 to 4 Bartman and all that stuff. But they were, I mean, you guys know they were, that rotation yeah. was money. Yeah. It was, yeah. It, was, it was like him, Kerry, no, not Kerry. Pryor, was that maybe? Yeah, Mark Pryor. Um, Mark Pryor. So the interesting thing, I was going to ask you about this anyway, the fact that your high school basketball coach was a major league baseball player. Yeah. He doesn't, yeah. does he coach any baseball at all? Yeah, so he's oh, still, okay. so he's still, he, he doesn't, he's, probably not like one of the main coaches but he's he's always been involved he, he's never wanted to like be the head coach but he's always been involved he's mel stoudemire he comes out <laughs> he coaches the pitchers <laughs> yeah no he's the yeah. yeah he's the pitching guy um and obviously his sons play you know he has a son now that's a freshman at virginia tech really talented pitcher like i think has a chance to go and you know do some things um but anyway so that so that's how he got into you know, baseball, and then ends up being an all-star, you know, like super impressive career for 12 yeah, years, whatever. Absolutely. So then he comes back to Butler, and that's why, you know, I feel like me and him are a lot alike because I've just seen so much of him. You know, how many guys play 10, 12 years in the MLB, make 40, 50 million, and then come back to their hometown and coach their local high school team? Like, yeah, it's just right. the high school cool, basketball right. team. Like, it's a, it's a super, <laughs> super unique and cool deal. But as soon as he got the job, it was – it was unbelievable, you know. He he made basketball for me. Like he he put all my goals in front of me, and not even like trying to. Like he, he used to have these camps in the summer, and they were really good when he first got the job. And like I, I idolized these guys that played for him. Like you know, and they played D two. A couple guys played D two, whatever. But to me, like at that age, I was like, oh my god, these guys are like absolutely, yeah. You know, they were like my heroes, right? Yeah. And so I'd get to go to camps in the summer with them and. And like interact with them and play with them and you know get to play in front of them while they would coach me and it would just be like man it, it, I would do anything to to win a district championship for this guy and you know just do whatever and it was you know that's kind of how it all started so so from there you know Matt, Matt always did a great job of including me in in the high school stuff like he had me coming up open gym in seventh and eighth grade just to you know it was a good it was a good challenge for me um and I was so grateful that he did that because, like, he didn't have to do that. You Were know? you comfortable going into those environments? No, you I was. Scared? I was yeah. super nervous. Right? Oh yeah, because like the older guys are like, "Man, who the heck's this like young kid here?" Like, and then you know, obviously they get inkling. Okay, like he's like he's like pretty good, but like he's in eighth grade. Like, what's he doing here? And yeah, if man, I was in their shoes, I would have been yeah. doing the same thing. And they're like, not gonna let right. you do yeah. get away with anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, but so then you know, my my freshman year, you know, we we were pretty good. Um, I, I was super, super lucky. Um, you know, I rolled in there with a with a really good senior class. 
really good group of guys that that showed me you know how to how to approach things the right way a lot a lot like my time here i think you know my first two years like having a good a good group of older guys that mm-hmm. kind of shows you the ropes and um it lets you kind of settle in a lot easier um but but we were really good um to, some bumps along the road that you're figuring things out i you know coach coach Clement was like something you got to be more aggressive this and that and i'm like you know, I'm a freshman, all these older guys, I'm like, he's like, you know, I'd rather not step on people's toes. Um, but but we figured it out, ended up going on a run to, you know, it's not like Indiana, it's the basketball is very different. Um, we don't even do one big tournament, it's two separate. Right. So, kind of weird. Um, but we ended up making the district championship, which for us was a big deal. We've only won one, we won one in 91, which Coach Clement was on that team. Other than that, we hadn't won any since like 1917. So, you know, we make it, um, ran into a buzzsaw. This team, we lost to them three times that year. Um, they had a dude that played quarterback at Notre Dame and then, and then at Boston College, the Dracovic kid, he ended up at Pitt. Hmm. Um, and they had, uh, had somebody else played at Boston, younger kid that played at Binghamton. So, so they had some, you know, they had some guys. Um, but it, it was it was an awesome year for me, experience-wise, like to taste the district championship, obviously we lose, and then we go to the state quarterfinals lose to the same team again we lost them four times a year it's crazy twice in a section um but it, it was unbelievable for my to taste all that amount of winning but then to want more for the rest of your career um it sort of set the table you know for what i wanted to do my next three years and then you as you get better and your team and we'll get to your senior year which yeah, yeah. which was was great, but also a little bittersweet, <laughs> right? Because right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID started sure. creeping in, for sure. But uh, talk about recruiting and when you started that whole that whole deal. Yeah. Um, Did you like being recruited? Yeah, because for me, you know me, I like to talk, right? So, like for me, the you know the and the uh, part of what pushed it was the relationship I had with Coach Clement, right? So, like I wanted that, I was seeking that out in my next coach, and so that's what made the recruiting process so important for me. Was like getting to build relationships with these guys. Um, so that was super cool. And again, Coach Clement was like the main catastrophe. Like he was, he probably cold called you at your desk one day. I bet like he was, he was cold calling people. Like when I was super young, like summer after my freshman year, like going into my sophomore year, like, and obviously AU people did, you know, did some stuff too. Um, but he was the main guy. And um, so I'd say, yeah, when I was, when I was a sophomore is when it really kind of took full effect. Um, did you have any like before as, as you started getting recruited? Did you have any like, um, like I'm not going to California to play? That's too far. Yeah. Like, did you have some thoughts of like, uh, so no, not initially. Initially, you're always like, you know, you're always yeah. gonna go where Open where's book. best. But I will say, as as time went on, I got I always I always remember, and this is funny because I've told Jared this before. Because so Jared. Uh, Wolverine, who's here, obviously his dad was at Stanford, so he recruited me out of high school. That's right. Yeah, um, that's right. So that's how we got. It's funny because Jared's dad told Jared before I, because I took an official here, IU, and then Stanford my junior, because that was right when they changed the rule. You didn't have to wait till your senior year. Yeah, that's um, the first year that happened. Yeah, that was the so first that was year. a that was kind of crazy for all of us. So for our listeners, yeah. you used to only be able to take official visits your senior year. Mm-hmm. And then Ethan's junior year of high school, they changed that rule that allowed juniors to start taking visits. And you get five 
a year. So you could take 10 official visits. You yeah. could take five your junior year, five crazy. your senior, which anyone who does that, I'm sure they're out there. That's insane. That is insane. That oh is God. a draining back-to-back falls By the, by the third, by my third visit, which I think was Stanford, I was just like wiped. Yeah. It was like, you know, three or four weekends in a row, whatever. And, but when I, what I was going to say is when I got on the plane to go out to Stanford for that visit, and I got off the plane. The visit I even started, I was like, "Geez, that's a long flight." I don't know if I could do that seriously. Um, but and Jared yeah. Wilburn, our GA now, is a walk-on for us. His dad was assistant at Stanford. Mm-hmm. He is now the head coach at Denver. Yes. So, so the the, the flip side of that, uh, then, you weren't wed to having to stay in Pennsylvania. I mean, because look, Pittsburgh obviously has Duquesne and Robert Morris and Pitt and Penn State is right. not that far away. Yeah. You were you were okay with getting out of Pennsylvania? Yeah, it was a combination of you know I pretty early, it, you know not I don't think we were I mean obviously me and Coach Clement were just like these I mean whoever wants me to go to school there like obviously we're gonna talk to because we didn't you know we're we're naive like we didn't especially like in Western Pennsylvania like there's just not a ton of high major guys like you know like uh, the Carmody kid I know you guys like we yeah, recruited yeah. him and he ended up in Notre Dame and now he's with Greg at Mercer. Um, but you know, like outside of that, like there just wasn't a, it's a football area. There's just not a ton. So so we're sort of, you know, we were sort of feeling our way around, like who's going to be interested, this and that. And you're just kind of, you know, recruiting process for the first time, you you know, you don't know what to expect. Right. Right. Um, but But the big 10 came call. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say. It was pretty quickly. It was like, okay, you're probably going to play somewhere in the Midwest in the big 10. Right. Um, and trust me, like I've, t- I've, I don't, I always tell people it's like I, because I love being at home. Like I love, you know, being close to home. So like for me, if you know, if Pitt was, they, they just weren't, they were just in transition. You know, like mm. they they had Stallings and then Capel got the job when I was a junior, and it was just kind of, you know, it was just too late. They weren't. Just yeah. would have been a tough situation to yeah. go into as a, and as a, you know, the other thing you look at a lot, I feel like is, you know, when you go to it's a lot of guys that come here like there's some you know there's some hometown pressure which is why i respect a lot of the guys that come here and have success because man that that's hard you know i've seen i've seen people try to pit football and basketball like just being from around here and it's there's a there's definitely an added layer of pressure to it all yeah um but but no i I never you know my mom went to duquesne but they were you know they were kind of in transition to dan coach dan brought it just got the job he was kind of trying to turn things around a little bit um, and then as far as Penn State is another team, they were they were kind of in transition. You know, that's when Coach Chambers was still there, um, and actually ended up having a couple good years right at the right at the end. But obviously yeah. he leaves. Um, but no, I, I was never I was never married to it. it. It was always I think my parents actually preferred me to get away from home a little bit because they wanted me to really you know experience college and not have that like oh okay I'll just you know drive home forty minutes an hour and you yeah. know do whatever like they wanted me to figure things out a and you're bit. the oldest of three yeah. so this is their first go around yeah. of sending <laughs> yep. just kicking the first one out of the nest <laughs> right uh so what i, I remember at the end it was kind of us what michigan iu i would say i don't want to be rude but i wasn't going to iu um <laughs> you're just being honest <laughs> well um, and it was rude. and it was and it was hard i think we had that feeling too yeah and it was hard you know because i you know, honestly, you know, we know how we feel about them in state, but, but you know, for me, it was it was a big deal getting recruited by them because Archie was the coach at the time. So my right? my yeah. dad, you know, as soon as like we talked to them, 
you know, my dad was like, oh man, Archie, like Archie Miller was like bigger than life. From that area? From, from yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. So yeah. him him and Sean, my dad was like, oh, we used to watch them, like, you know, go watch them almost every year because they were that, you know, they were that good. For, for people that don't know, Sean and Archie played for their dad in high school at a little school called Blackhawk. And they, he still has the record. I want to say they won like 110 section games in a row. Ooh. Like, un, like unbe- unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. And they had a lot of good players, man. Everybody Over loves years. a winner. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, like, they had, they had those. So they had Sean roll through Archie. Brandon Fuscheatum played at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, yeah. He went there. Uh, what's his name? Dante Calabria played at North Carolina, played overseas for a long time. Um, so they had a lot of good players roll through. That's beside the point. But so, you know, for me, having a Pittsburgh guy at a big school like that, it was it was a cool connection to have. And then he has a guy on his staff still, uh, Brian Walsh, that played for Sean at Xavier that's still on his staff. So so it was cool to have that. Um, again, it was just – they just were sort of – like he had just got the job. You know, they were just sort of – they were sort of in flux. And I, and I wanted I wanted stability, I think, was what right. it came yeah. down to, you know. Well, and I think that's an important part of recruiting. I think when you go somewhere, you want to know, is this going to be my guy all four years? Is it – are we going to win? Are we going right. to – you know, is there – and you got you got to try to get comfortable with the, with the roster too. I remember sure. you came over a couple times on Saturdays for football games mm-hmm. just to kind of get to know us and everything. And then obviously you come on official visits and that kind of thing. I, I assume that the locker room is important too. You got to like the guys you're playing 100%, 100%. with. Hundred percent. It was, and that was th- those two things were really what sealed the deal for me here. Because, like, because like you said, you know, I I had good relationships with all the coaches. You know, obviously I love Paint, and the one thing I say about Paint that set him apart from everybody else was he he called me on the phone more than any other head coach did during that time. That made such a huge difference to me. You know, because you're comparing. It, when you're getting recruited at that level, you're comparing apples to apples, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm comparing Coach Payne to to Steve Wojciechowski to John Beeline. Like you can't really go wrong for the most part, yeah. right? Right. 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 Yeah. But you know, for him, just the amount of FaceTime he put in with me, and then obviously the comfortability level I had every time I visited here. I, I always thought I I was able I was able to connect with somebody different each time I visited, which was good. You yeah. Know? So between that and then you know, I'll never forget. The in-home visit when you—it was you, Payne, and Lutz, right? Yep. And, yep. And it had worked out because did we? Did you? We had just signed Jaden. We just weeks got before, Jayden, right? We okay. just got Jaden, and then we came out, and we knew we needed another guard. Right. And uh, we talked a lot about like you were really into the in the data. Yeah. Which Coach Painter yeah. absolutely loves oh, because he's that. a data freak. There's like a hundred page packet. Yeah, that we so out. so we bring out we bring out all these analytics that showed like you know hey here's how we can use you here's what we need here's what our team's going to look like and I think that was I remember you saying that was really important to you like it's one thing when you're getting recruited but then what's it going to look like when you flip the page one or two years right. mm-hmm. now these days i don't know if anybody can no like we can still <coughs> kind of predict that a little bit but most programs no holy cow oh my you God. have no idea what your team's no. going to look like year to year with the portal and everything right but in those days you could kind of see like okay here's what the roster is going to look like here's the need at guard here's where you know i can fit here's the guys i'm going to be playing with and most of whom you had met on visits right, right. So and I just remember it was being it was very comfortable, like you oh. guys just felt like you were one of us. Like yeah, we just 
we just sort of chilled and yeah, it, it was, but it was great. Like you said, you they laid out exactly who was going to be there, how how everybody would kind of fit together, and to me, that was just something that some other teams didn't have the advantage of doing. Whether that was fair or not, it's just how the outlay of the roster kind of laid out, and and then for you guys, like. I feel like ever since then we've kind of been ahead of schedule as far as recruiting. Like we always seem to get our guys, and it's kind of set before anybody else, which is nice because you can kind of jump ahead to the next year. Um, but it was, yeah, it was big time. But yeah, when you guys came, it was. I remember we just we ordered Big Shot Bob's wings from down the street and just <laughs> Big Shot Bob's. Yeah, we just settled in. So, uh, okay, so with that, here you are at the you know tail end of your career. Mm-hmm. Now that you look back at the recruiting pitch. Did it pretty much work out the way Coach Paint and the coaches told you it was going to? I would say so for the most part. And obviously nothing's ever going to be perfect. I sure, think, sure, sure. You know, me and me and Payne have talked about it a lot. Like, I don't think when, when I came in that we knew that, that Jaden was going to be a number number four pick <laughs> yeah, in the draft, right? Right, right yeah. And then on top of that, you know, that Zach was going to be, you know, probably back-to-back national player of the year. So, yeah, there it that's... Not to mention COVID, your freshman year. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, you know, there's some... Or your battle with mono. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. oh, we can get into that too. Yeah, man. So def- definitely some, some, some bumps along the road. But, you know, I, you know, you know what I will say, and I think this is the best way to put it. It might not have worked out exactly as to what we talked about year to year. But I will say winning cures a lot of that right Mm -hmm. so like i I would trade a lot of wins for hey it didn't maybe you know maybe you didn't get to do everything you wanted to do but hey we were in contention every year right you know hopefully at the end of this thing have two big 10 championships couple big 10 tournaments like you know down the line final four whatever but like even my freshman year even if i'd say my freshman we probably weren't great at the start but we really figured it out as the year went along and finished top four in the Big Ten, yep. got a high seed, like, and obviously that year didn't finish how we wanted, but, like, as a young team, we sort of, like, that 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 year to me was sort of make or break as far as, okay, are we going to be really good, or are we just not going to figure it out and have to wait till we get older, right? Because the year before, probably weren't going to make the tournament. Right. That super young team. So then we bring in our young class, and those guys have another year under their belt. So, so to figure that out and then go on and you know do what we've done um, you know has been has been super special and, and I think what's been great for me is and and I don't always look at it this way sometimes you know me bloom I'm a little uh, negative minded at times you're you put a lot of pressure on yourself <laughs> yeah um, but but for me I think you know I I learned I learned essentially from scratch how to do something new at a really high level and it's something that I'll take with me the rest of my playing career because I want to, I, you know, I feel like I have a lot left in the tank as far as, like we talked about it a couple weeks ago, you know, I, I take care of my body and all this. I want to, you know, juice juice my career and my, you know, juice everything I can out of my body before I'm done. Right? Absolutely. But I will say, me becoming a good defender, like I guarantee you if you ask Paint that, he would have been like, yeah, never in a million years is this kid going to be our best defender. I, I bet that was. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. And you've become an excellent, excellent defender and a big piece in, in, in the puzzle as as we continue to kind of come down the home stretch of this season. And right. and the success we've already had, more to come, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you walk back into Mackey from the, for the rest of your life, and you're going to be able to point up the banners that right. that you were a part of, which is which is really yeah. awesome. But that, yeah, that's, that's so. Before we get into you walking through the doors here and mm-hmm. as a freshman, I want to first quickly plug our friends over at the This Is Purdue podcast, the official podcast of Purdue University, from leading NASA missions to creating life saving cancer treatments to reaching victory lane at the Indy 500. This is Purdue is your destination for Boilermaker stories. And subscribe wherever you get your podcast to the This is Purdue podcast. They do a great job over there. They're plugging us as well, so it's been a good yes. partnership with those folks on campus. We appreciate uh, what they do for us. So you uh, you arrived to West Lafayette, um, and we dis- and you get you walk in the doors one day, and I think everybody's like, "What's wrong, Morty?" And you get mono, and it just totally kind of probably derails what you think, you, how your freshman year is going to go, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. And you're, you know, as a freshman, you're always naive as far as, like, you just don't know how stuff works, right? So you just. We felt so bad for you because I was like, this poor dude, like, man, like, it's hard enough to get stuff figured out. <laughs> then you throw on that. It's like, holy was, cow. Yeah, that was crazy. I just. Because I remember it was obviously weird because COVID. So like anytime, anytime you ever started getting sick at all, it was like, oh, like Uh-oh. shoot, like do I have the, yeah. like do I have the bug, like you know, because then you have to quarantine and all that stuff. So I'm already like on edge. I'm like, geez, like I don't even want to say anything because I just want to like not, you know, it's right in the middle right. of preseason. Like, I don't want to be sick. Right. And but I just, oh man, I felt horrible. There's a picture. I'll have to find it sometime. I took a picture before practice. I was walking into the gym and it was some JPC event or something. I don't know. And me and E Hunt were walking in and we take a picture with this sign or whatever. And my face was so swollen, like my eyes, <laughs> my like this, like my my face looked. I weighed like looked like I weighed like almost three hundred pounds. And I remember that after that day of practice, that was the that was the worst practice in my life. Because I, I don't know what we did to Lutz that day, but he was just, like, up our butts the whole day about, like, this and that. Like, I, I remember, I don't know why, but I always remember that practice guard guard breakdown with Lutz was just, like, 30 minutes that day of, like, chasing dudes off screens and closing out. And I was just, like, <laughs> I seriously thought, I thought my career was over. I was, like, I don't think I'm going to make it through practice. I'm probably going to have to quit halfway through, and then it's just, I'm going to be done. It, it was, I was so tired. Well, and then we decide to go to <clears> – <throat> we decide that – well, first of all, we, the, the season gets played, which right. was in yeah. doubt. For sure. We decide then to play in the tournament in Florida, which was yeah, a go, and there were a lot of uh, exempt events that were not going. Right. We go down to Melbourne, Florida, mm. and we are, we're down two guards because uh, E. Hunt was out with a, right. a, a tweaked knee, I think. He like it. Uh, in scrimmage something yeah because he was out for like a month he was out for like three or four weeks so we we did not have him mm-hmm. and then Jaden went down there and his foot yeah. had a hot spot on his foot so he didn't that. play so we're now two guards down and morty here gets thrown into the fire coming off of mono <laughs> and i mean it was like holy cow and i just remember you were such a warrior to fight mm-hmm. through it and we win the first game beat liberty mm-hmm. we get beat by clemson and then we we're still kind of finding our way. Yeah. Uh, Zach kind of emerged as like, who who's this guy? He yeah. was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and you and Zach and Jaden came in together. Right. And so then we as we 
as the season went on, you you talked about it. We got better as the season went on. Right. As we got older and, and matured more. Um, and then the following year, Jaden really took a stride. Mm-hmm. And then the last two years, obviously, uh, Zach's taken strides. Right. Um, but along the way, like you said, a lot of winning and uh, a lot of involvement on this roster as mm-hmm. well. So sure. as you've gone through these years, obviously Jaden was, was out of here in two years. We right. saw him the other night. He came back, which yeah. was great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you and Zach still together as you came in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you're close to him. You're probably yeah. safe to say you're probably as close to him on our team as anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super good dude. Um, and it's funny because, <laughs> like, he he was sort of, he was sort of an afterthought for us recruiting wise. I mean, I remember like Coach B, like I was texting Hunter Dickinson. You know, I came on. Remember me and Jaden? Yeah. We already committed. We came on our visit with Kalkbrenner, and we were trying yeah. to get him. Yeah. Oh, sure. Um, wow. But safe to say, I think it worked out for the best that uh, we ended yeah. up getting Zach. Right. Amazing how things oh, work. So we had Carson. <clears throat> pardon me, Carson. On what a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. he talked about the first time he ever played pickup with Zach. How bad he was! Oh my god! I'd love to hear your That's thoughts. The first time you ever That's played with Zach. That's my favorite story. So this dude, first of all, I think it shows his his uh, his character. I guess you know I had a lot of respect for him. He, he literally because we so we had all just got to campus. He was a few days late. Obviously coming from Canada, created some extra roadblocks or whatever. Yep. You know during COVID. Um, so we're at this point, you know, like Bloom knows the rules were funky. We couldn't even play pickup at the here yeah. at Mac. Yeah, we have facility restrictions due to COVID. Yeah. yeah. So we were just doing what, like one hour workouts a day and then in the weight room, that was it, right? So we wanted to play pickup. So we were we went over to what's it called? Is Legacy. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we went over to Legacy and and Zach Zach was literally getting to campus that day. So his mom they drove like ten hours. His mom literally dropped him off at Legacy. Like he hadn't even dropped any of his stuff off yet. Like been to his apartment. He was like, All right, here I'm gonna play pickup with these guys. So this this monster gets out of the gets out of the car and has a huge bowl cut. I'm like, oh, this dude's like kind of weird. I don't know. Like I don't know how to feel. You know, I'm just like, hey, what's up, man? Like whatever. And um, yeah, it, um, it was an interesting showing for him. I would say, uh, obviously, he's probably fatigued from being in the car, but he just he didn't impress you. you can say no, it. no, he. It was just. It was weird because I think you could tell. I I think you could tell that the the tools were there, really, like really far down the line. I think the <laughs> tools were there, but definitely that day you were like, oh geez, like okay, um, like who's gonna be our backup center this year? Because it's probably not gonna be him, you know. <laughs> Seriously, and you know, I'm not saying like in my own right. Like people are probably like, geez, Ethan, like what are you doing here too? Like you know, like yeah, first open gym. Yeah, it's um, hard, but. But uh, I, th- I think that's that's the biggest thing is just speaks to his rapid improvement even in that year, just from then to, you know, by the end of the preseason. I mean, it was it was like night and day, you know. And yeah. I've heard Payne talk about that a lot, just how much he got that much better in those few weeks. But so you have become uh, a total Purdue guy, obviously, and mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel like. Purdue, in some ways, has got a little bit of a Pittsburgh feel to it. You know, like Coach Payne yes. always talks about, you know, we're a blue-collar yeah, blue program, and we've, you know, it's about it's about people. And I think Purdue people more than more so than some other people take take pride in the fact that they're from 
that they went to school here. 100%. You know, we're not, we don't have a lot of bandwagoners. It's mostly homegrown, you know, yes. Purdue type people. Mm-hmm. Um, safe to say, it's kind of a. It feels to me anyway like it's a perfect fit yeah. for you, just your yeah. makeup and everything. Yeah, hundred percent. It was. You know, the day the day I made the decision, it felt it felt right, and that's what I always talked about with my parents. I'm like, how am I going to know what the right choice is? Because for the longest time during recruiting, you know, I'm a worrier, so I was just worried. I'm like, geez, like, am I going to find the right spot, like, and this and that? And But, you know, everything everything just sort of fell into place, and I knew, I knew when the time was right that this was, you know, this was just the best spot for me, and, and Payne did a great job of, he did all the right things and you guys did all the right things to, to make me believe and you know that this place is is what's special about it is it sets you up for the rest of your life not just not just for the time you know you get here playing but for the for the years to follow so i was gonna i was gonna ask you about that because that's something where and, and this year we've had a bunch you know we had the nit team from 74 mm-hmm. come back yeah. Yeah. Uh, back in the locker room i thought that was a really cool moment yeah you know Jaden comes back the other day um, and, and we have a lot of former guys that our our locker room post game has turned into a like yeah. a baseball clubhouse during yeah, spring training. Yeah. There. yeah, there is a lot of former dudes coming back and coming back to say hi to you guys and and everybody. Have you have you found it kind of amazing of some of the older guys how they just seem to know you and yet it might be your first time meeting them and they like know everything about you like. I, that still amazes me that we'll have a guy come back for the first time in, you know, maybe 10 years, and I'll get him back to the locker room after the game, and I want to start introducing him, and I don't want to assume that older guys know our team. Sure, you know, sure. right. So I, I'll start to make introductions, and, oh, no, no, you know, and they – They know everybody. They know everybody. It's crazy. And, and it's also like this just – it's a such a unique bond that they're able to talk to you guys in this language that, for those of us who didn't play – I don't think we'll ever understand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some some of those guys, uh, you know, it's great to talk to them, and you get, you know, obviously, you know, talking hoops is always is always easy. So, but but to get to connect with those guys, you know, you otherwise probably would never have a chance to to meet or whatever. Um, it's just a super cool connection. Super cool that you guys you seem to always like hook up. You know, having having those guys come back, it's it's awesome for us. Well, one day you'll be. I'll be blowing <laughs> yeah, your phone up. That'll get be you. Get you back for an alumni game. That's and right. Get you back for a game. Got tickets. Old. Bring the family. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me feel old just thinking about that. Well, I don't know if I'll be doing it by then, but then the one day I'll, I'll have to get you handicapped seating and all the stuff that goes with it. Yeah. You have a degree in finance, right? You've graduated. You're undergrad, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm old degree. When the ball stops bouncing, do you have a? Do you have something you have your eye on doing? Yeah, I'll be coaching. I know Paints. Paints told me not to. <laughs> <He's> paint- <laughs> That's a very common thing. <laughs> yeah, when- I'm going to take that finance degree and start coaching basketball. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, but yeah, that's that's the plan. I I just, I mean, being here again, some something that I think is lost on a lot of people, and you know, me and Mason talk about it a lot. Being older guys now, like. You have so much knowledge from being here. Like, fr- from a basketball perspective, I don't know if there's anywhere else in the country where you leave having the type of col- having the type of knowledge about basketball that you do leaving here. Like, I feel like I, I don't I couldn't go coach a team now. But but the knowledge that I possess, like, is you know 
credit to you guys and how you teach the game and everything like it's unbelievable so i must feel like i'd be wasting it if i don't if i don't go and coach right like it'd be a waste well i think there's a reason you see some of the guys that have coached for paint and played for paint go out and get coaching jobs and uh i think they're well prepared when they leave here yeah um and it's also been interesting some of the guys that have gone through here that that venture out and then get hooked up on staffs where we don't necessarily don't have a relationship with them. They just kind of get a job, right? And then they report back and they're like, "Yeah, it's not yeah, like it's not, uh, the same. it's not the same as it was there." It's that's kind of interesting not as well. Um, right. Right. But it is that is cool to, to hear you say that because it all starts with paint. I mean, he is uh, as it's been well documented. He's all basketball all the time, and um, and uh, there's few guys you probably to learn better from if you're gonna go into this world. Hundred percent, and I and I was lucky. Obviously, you know how many head coaches have we had since I've been here? Three, or well, not head coaches, but Paint, and then you know Shrews, yeah, and mm-hmm. Lutz. So like two other guys that are head coaches now got to play under for a year. And you just missed Coach Gary because right. he recruited you a little bit. Coach Gary recruited me. Um, obviously, Coach Lusk now, like used to be head coach. You know, Coach Coach T, like he's like, he's probably going to be head coach. Like he aspires right. to do that, right? So like, you know, like like PJ, like head coach in the making however many years down the line so there's just so many guys here that like just knowledge like you know oozing out of them that it's just like it's if you don't if you don't learn a lot about basketball where you're here then i don't know you just must have yeah you weren't paying paid attention, attention. <laughs> that's exactly right you weren't paid attention <laughs> well uh morty we wrap up all these uh podcasts with uh the final four questions and these are kind of just random non basketball topics that we're we are interested in in episode 96 here on the podcast with our senior ethan morton first question here on the final floor what is your go-to music of choice Mm. either a favorite artist or genre yeah probably like hip-hop rap i know that's probably a pretty generic answer but uh drake's always good um some good pittsburgh people out there Mac, mac miller's good Rest in peace, um, him and him and Wiz Khalifa are my Pittsburgh guys. What's your uh, dad listen to? Not that stuff. <laughs> 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 not that stuff. Um, he likes listening to podcasts. So yeah, that's right. I knew that. He yeah. we've talked about that before. So he because he was very clued in when you were recruiting. I mean, he was clued in on us at a different level. He'd be like, "Hey, you know, you nerd. guys, this that." And I'd be like. Hey, where'd you hear that? Oh, I listen to this podcast about you guys, and I was like, "Wow, okay." It was okay. almost—it was slightly embarrassing when he would do that. Almost every place we visited. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so you know this thing that you guys did like five years ago on that one day? Oh, you remember that? And I'm like, "Geez, why don't you just like cool it for a few minutes, man?" But nah. But he's to to piggyback off that. He he is a big podcast guy, but but now that he he finally finally. He used to, him and my mom. So I said, my mom still works in Pittsburgh. My dad used to work in Pittsburgh, close to Pittsburgh, Alquipa, um, steel mill stuff. Not not like actually hard labor, but like works at a steel mill office, right? And yeah. So he would commute every day, like an hour each way. And I'm like, dude, like wow. get a job closer to like. But that was that, that was his podcast time. Yeah. He'd sit in the yeah. car and rip off all these podcasts, and now he lives works close to home, which is great for him and everybody. But yeah, big big. Big podcast guy. He actually likes country some. He's tried to get me into it a little bit. I'm sort of resistant. He's always like, you'll appreciate it when you're older. I'm like, okay. What's your mom listen to? Um, she likes her, her old stuff. Um, God, who's the – I should know. There's like a couple people she likes. She likes Mariah Carey. 
she actually got me on Mariah Carey. I like Mariah Carey too. Um, her her older people that she likes. So the Mariah Carey <laughs> yeah, Christmas. The, yeah, Christmas that hurts song. my feelings when you call them older people. <laughs> 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 right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, second question here on the final four. Uh, what is your favorite all-time book, or maybe a good book you've read recently? Oh, good book. Um, oh, man, that's a that's a good one. Are you a reader? Yeah, not as much as what I used when I was young. I used to be a nerd and read all the time. Um, not as much now. Um, I read Jay Billis's book in high school. I thought that was really good. I forget what it's called. Toughness. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, I'm trying to think. Do you stick to sports books or you? Yeah, I try to mix it up. I think sports books are normally what I'm drawn to. Um, the oh, the book about Phil Knight, Shoe Dog, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Awesome, yep. awesome book. Um, that's probably one of my favorites. Um, but and, yeah, and a and a guy that you got to see when we went out there for the PK eighty five event in Portland. Oh, super now, had cool. you read the book before or after that? I'd already read it, so it was super cool. Oh my god, to like see. Where that dude is now from where he literally started, like, selling shoes out of the back of his car, it's unbelievable to see how, how far you can it, – it's just incredible. And cool for all of us. As part of that event, we went to the mm-hmm. Nike campus for a uh, kind of a mingling of all the teams that were out there in Portland a couple years ago. And then oh, we yeah, awesome. kind of all filed into the auditorium, and Phil Knight was up front and spoke and kind of did a Q&A session. Which was really cool because you had all those big name coaches, teams, everybody in there, and then you got to hear from the that man himself. The, that was the event of, of events that that cycle for whatever MTEs yeah. or whatever. So, and honestly, we've been lucky. I mean, I feel like the last three years we've been in the best one every year. Like it's yeah. been kind of kind of incredible the experiences we've been able to to get on those. Well, and somebody just reminded me of the travel we've done this year. I mean, between the Europe trip this mm-hmm. summer, Maui. Maui, which is Toronto, Toronto, yeah. You know, we've been we've been a lot even of throw old Arkansas in there for that, <laughs> that scrimmage yeah. be the beginning yeah. of the year. I mean, yeah, we've been on the go quite a bit, but yeah. pretty cool places you've been able to oh, experience yeah. and see. Hundred percent, yeah, that's 100%. awesome. Okay, question three here on the final four: If you could wave a wand and do any profession starting tomorrow, other than play basketball, what would you like mm. to do? I guess picking another sport's probably frowned. I don't know. Like, baseball would be cool. It would have been cool to see how far I could have went as a pitcher. I don't know. If, I don't know. I think if playing baseball, I've always thought, like, being on the pitching staff would be the one. You know, working only once every five yeah. days. Yeah, if you're a starter. Yeah, every If you're a starter, days, yeah. that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Like, you hear about those stories about the Braves rotation back in the day. They always go golfing. Yeah. And get, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's, base. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty cool deal. Yeah, I'd say that that would be – that or we always talk about like reliever pitchers, even though those are pretty high pressure, high leverage situations. You go out there, do that a few times a week, and yeah, that would make be a lot of money. Yeah, that would be cool. But yeah, probably that. So okay, professional baseball player, and then lead the Pirates to the World Series. No. Yeah, yeah, me and uh, like the '79 Pirates. Me and we Paul Skeens. Yeah. Paul Skeens. Paul Skeens. So, uh, for the listeners, when Paul Skeens was drafted, he was the number one overall amateur pick in this last Major League Baseball draft from LSU. I immediately reached out to Ethan because I know how much he loves the Pirates. I am totally sold on Paul Skeens. Ethan, at least right now, I don't believe you're not as sold as I am on Paul Skeens. No. Not yet. And it's funny because so Fletch always gives me crap. 
because him and him and Lance both. So because I'm I'm not actually always on the phone, but every time they see me outside of the gym, I'm always on the phone, and it's normally just with like my parents or like my dad. So me and my dad, we could sit and talk about Pittsburgh sports for literally like 24 hours straight. <laughs> never, you know. You so. guys have become anytime something happens with a Pittsburgh team. You you guys are the faces that pop in my head. Like, oh, <laughs> yes. I wonder how the Mortons are handling that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so um, oh, so I know. So so, uh, so the one time I'm talking to them and we we're just talking about something at the end of the Pirates season, and I'm like, I'm like the floods. I'm like, I'm like, man, like I could, like I could probably be the GM of the like a Pittsburgh sports team one day. Like I'm that, I'm that mm. clued in. Um, but Skeens, no, I mean obviously super talented. You know, I just, I think. I think with what I've experienced with Pirates baseball, you just always assume the worst. So, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, this guy could be really good. This guy could be great. He could be gone in four years. Um, you know, but 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 it's hard not to get excited about him. He's one of the best college players ever. Um, if he if he stays healthy, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen for them to be good. But but very Again, cautiously, op- optimistic cautiously I optimistic. I just but. had a thought. I could see you d- hosting a sports radio show in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I could see that. Oh, that would be that would be a dream too. Because you know me, I could I could yap about that all day. That would be. I could see that. You might want to. Maybe right. I should have put that in your back pocket. Yeah. Keep Definitely. keep Blackman's number with you in case you need to break in. He'll, Let me he'll help you out here. That degree, the tracks. You have a degree in finance. If you go into sports broadcasting, <laughs> yeah. you're hey, an now idiot. My, now my master's is communications, so that, that yeah, lines up. You're going to make a lot more money in finance, brother. I can <laughs> promise you that. Make your money and do your host your show on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah do Everybody that. has exactly. a show. Hell, we got a show. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> okay, uh, final question here on the Final Four. What is a little-known fact or something that no one knows about Ethan Morton? Uh, I like... I like doing yoga a lot. I guess that's probably not super well known. Um, got into it more just to take care of my body, but it's something I've really come to enjoy. And it's a little bit harder during the season, but um, hot yoga is just awesome. You know, it's great. My mom always tells me when you're when I'm not doing good mentally, she's like, go and do yoga, like all that. And um, so it's something I got into in high school, and I'll probably do it the rest of my life. I, I think it's great. It's for me, like when I'm 50, I'd rather, much rather go and do that than like run a couple miles or something. Absolutely. Like, so, but I love, I love yoga and all that. It's, uh, it's great stuff. Well, so. you could get a YouTube channel and do one of those too. Do <laughs> a <could>. podcast <laughs> and that. You could be, yeah, make, your, make your money, get your <laughs> finance in order, and then host your podcast and then do your hot yoga on YouTube. <laughs> That would be that would be outstanding. <laughs> yeah. I I, w- I wish I I wish I was more dedicated to yoga and did it more. I always wait till I'm yep. in a bad place and right. then do it, and I immediately you feel, feel better. Yeah. I feel I'm the yeah. same way though. Feel like, great. Oh, something pops up. Okay, now I gotta go to yoga. Yeah. Why can't I just preemptively do that? Yeah. It's just I don't have the mental discipline. Well, we're a little we're a little busy nowadays. We are. So a little oh, yeah. more going on right now. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right, well, Morty, uh, thanks for taking time. Uh, as we tape this, we're kind of coming down the home stretch here um, of your uh, senior season here, mm-hmm. and uh, we're uh, we're excited and uh, a lot more basketball ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we appreciate you taking time to join us here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you. All right, that was episode ninety-six here on the Boiler Ball Podcast with our senior Ethan Morton. I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and remind everyone until next time to be curious, be informed, and be well. Thank you.
Good night, everyone.